SoccerChronicle.com informa Los Cachirules, el podcast con más garra, pasión y picardía que hasta el equipo de todo. Y ahora con ustedes, Albert en Chichis Campa. All right, welcome everybody. That intro was low. Need an amplifier over here, but this is episode 10 of Los Cachirules podcast. Going to talk the Honduras game. Just got done watching it yesterday. I watched some of it again today. But I'm going to have to go AFK here in a second and let you guys run things. Uh, but before I do, just want to welcome everybody. We got Cristian over here, Fernando, Joel, Juan, Ronnie, and hopefully Dan will be in here soon enough. So, what do you guys think of... Oh, well, before I pass it on to you guys, let me give a, a quick take on, on the deal. I was feeling some haters a little bit, because I wanted to still not give uh, Osorio credit credit for this, but uh, I think he did an okay job on the on the subs, obviously with the two of them, Mexico the 2 zero win and everything, but... Uh, but yeah, I think it started off just a typical Honduran game with the rough play and then, you know, not getting too many attacks. But one thing I will give uh, Osorio credit is the five line on the back because, like someone mentioned, I think earlier, um, no one, I don't think, I don't think Talavera had any activity in the back. Didn't have to block anything, so there was really no no danger. So that was my that was my take, and that's my credit for Osorio. What do you guys think of the of the game? Any uh, specific uh, points? Um, there, there was a play towards the end where Talavera did have to. Uh, he had a kind of. He dropped to his knees to block it, and then he's, you know, he he got up quickly to make sure they stayed out because uh, he deflected off his legs, and it looked like it was gonna sort of find its way in, but he he got up, you know, very quick and just slapped it out, and ended up in a corner, I think. Yeah. Their first, um, their first uh, real, you know, threat came in like in the 86th minute, which that's the play you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I, I personally liked the result. I did not like the performance. Uh, the subs, the substitutions. Um, I don't think it's really what made, it's what really, you know, gave Mexico the win. Uh, I think there was too, you know. Um, Great individual plays, but it's not like those goals came from you know a, a tactical, uh, cre- you know a, the team creating a, a goal op- opportunity, if you will. Uh, there were more so errors from the endurance side, but hey, Mexico capitalized. That's what they're supposed to be. That's what they're supposed to do. Um, I, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to take credit away from Mexico, the the the, the team, you know. Playing in Central America is always tough. Obviously, the field conditions were, you know, were pretty bad. Um, but I mean, this is also a team, an Honduras team that is in a bit of a funk. Uh, I mean, they crashed and burned in Gold Cup. Uh, obviously, Pinto's feeling a lot of heat right now. Um, I think I think uh, well, well, I forget the name of the player, the the, the endurance player, but you know I saw I saw it on Twitter. You know he said that you know that they didn't play well the, you know, these past two games. Uh, another player said that you know we have to be men, 
referring to, you know, they need to step up. Uh, I don't know if Pinto is going to still be on board, you know, come next March. I think that's something that the, the, the Honduran Federation and even a lot of the press are wondering uh, if he's even going to be around. Uh, uh, the last article that I read from, uh, you know, the, the, the Honduran sports paper over there, yes, uh, basically saying that uh, they need Mexico <clears throat> to to basically beat Canada in the next two games for them to even have a chance. Well, I understand that there's a certain level of dissatisfaction, I guess, with, uh, with the performance. I mean, the first half alone was, um, was not a very good – there was really not much going on there from either team. Um, however, I mean, I think that we should have expected that to a certain level going into this game, Honduras. Honduras is uh, – they, you know, they're the epitome of gamesmanship, really. The, the grass was really high. They play at you know three o'clock, trying to maximize the humidity and the and the and the weather. Um, so I mean, I don't remember the last time Mexico played well going to Honduras. So I wasn't really expecting them to to put on a show, I guess, in that sense. Um, the second half I thought was was uh, a little bit better, and and at the end of the day, I mean, the team did what they had to do to win. I think that was that's the important part. Um, but there are some details like that, you know, uh, when we when we talked about our Jimenez playing as a wide forward against the U.S., um, I, I, I mentioned that uh, it was circumstantial in the sense that, not, not that his performance was circumstantial, but that that kind of set up, you know, it was unlikely to work again uh, or, or multiple times. Um, and I think this, this game, I mean, I understand why he did it, because even after the game he went out and explained why he did it. Uh, I still think, and if anything, he could have started with with, with Jurgen Dam in, in, in that in that in that position, and and probably would have gotten a, a similar performance out of uh, out of Dam compared to Jimenez, at least. Um, but other than that, I can't really. I mean, people have been nitpicking at at, at some of the things that he's that he did yesterday, but uh, generally speaking, I can't find fault in in a coach that read. The strengths of his opponent and, um, and and set up his team to really be able to combat them throughout the entire game, not just simply throughout the first 45 minutes or the second half or whatever. I mean, this idea that Mexico was going to go out there and uh, and and play slick passes all around is it's it's really it's it's very divorced from reality, in my opinion. Yeah, I think too. Uh, Mexico, I mean, they gen they generated some goal-scoring opportunities, they, they failed to convert. So I think just from from that standpoint, his, you know, his, his uh, game plan, it, it was working. It's just, you know, Jimenez and, and Cheech weren't really putting them away, especially, obviously, that uh, that clear chance uh, Jimenez had that he, you know, he just whiffed on it. A boca de jarro, as they say. I know. It was easier to miss it than to actually put it away. And I hate saying that. I hate saying that, but it's the truth. Well, I mean, and, uh, other, other, before, aside from the goal, and aside from the one that Jimenez, uh, you know, shanked, I mean, really, I, I don't really recall Mexico having a real, you know, 
a legitimate scoring chance that they were blowing away. I mean, I honestly thought for, you know, obviously the first half was pretty bad. Even in the start of the second half, it seems like the, the it seems like the the the, the wings and the wings in in the in the central midfielders were not really coordinated. you know, they weren't, you know, in sync. They weren't overlapping. Um I thought Guardado was really the only bright spot in the midfield. You know, uh, and you know, and I, obviously I think, him, him playing towards the wing. I think he really he was the the, the bright spot. I just I don't I, like I said I I I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting you know free flowing football. Obviously, I wasn't expecting you know to Mexico to to generate you know fifty chances and waste you know forty eight of them. Uh, but again, I, I just. I, I just had a different expectation of what the team was going to do, uh, based on the conditions, based on the on the on the, on the you know being away, and I I don't you know I, I think I think the the guys from La Última Palabra and Fox Deportes uh, with Marine and Brailovsky and Astai you know they were talking about I'm happy about the result, I'm just not convinced with the performance, and I think. You know, when I was flipping channels, you know, you know, with you know, you know, listen to the guys from ESPN, listen to the guys from Fox Sports, uh, listening to other guys. I think that was a general consensus, and I, you know, I think, you know, objectively, I think that's probably, you know, accurate. That. Well, I'm gonna, you know the perform the performance the performance was enough to win. But it wasn't enough to convince that you know that. That's where we disagree because before the game, uh, the metric was for Osorio to win. That was the metric, and and after he wins, now we're shifting, we're moving the goalpost. I'm not saying we or you. I'm just saying in general, uh, to not you know that it wasn't convincing. I mean, let's let's look back at the last two games that we played in Honduras in 2009 and in 2000, uh, actually 2008, 2009, and in 2013. Uh, yeah. Those three games, the team failed to manage the game. They failed to manage the game, and, and they let Honduras use that emotional charge that they had into actually turning to scoring chances. We right. nullified that. We nullified that yesterday, and I think. But I, but but they, they but, but did they nullify it because because Honduras just had a better team? Or did they not have a better team as opposed yeah. to 2013 or 2001 or 2008? Because 2015, yes, you know, yes, they tied me 0-0. Yes, yesterday, no, no, in 2013, Mexico well, went, at one point was up to nothing, and they, they, and there was that, you know, that fake, you know, that fake penalty, right? You know, that, that they called. I mean, Mexico should have gone away with the three points in the last. Well, no, well the first, the first goal came off a corner kick. That's hey, a two-one. And then they, then they got the penalty with 10 minutes to go. But even then, those, those last 15, 20 minutes, and, and, and a good portion of the second half in 2013, the team, the team didn't really handle that all that well. I mean, yes, we can argue that those Converse teams were, were probably better, but I feel like that's kind of missing the point because we don't control that. We don't control what, what quality or, or, or lack of quality the opponent has. We can only control, and by, obviously by we, I don't mean me, I mean obviously the players, they can only control essentially what happens on the field, and despite the fact that Honduras did ha does have uh, less quality, so to speak, in this team, they still went out there and dictated the tempo, whatever tempo it was. They dictated it because they were the home team. I mean, that the, the games on Honduras have always been tough, and, and we hadn't won in San Pedro Sula in 50 years, so that means that 
for a long time in various generations of Mexican and Honduras players, we just weren't able to win there. Yeah, yeah so, but how many games was it in 50 years? It's about probably five or six games. It's not a lot, you know. It, it sounds more drastic when you say... It's enough games not to win in 50 years. years. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds like Hold on, that sounds drastic, but saying that, that we're, we're going to diminish the, the, whatever was accomplished because Honduras <laughs> has a bad team, that doesn't sound drastic? See, that's the thing. Is like, I feel like we can't have it both ways. I mean, yes, whatever. I mean, in my opinion, again, and I've said this for the past, whatever, seven, eight episodes, I don't care how the team plays as long as they qualify. When they get to the World Cup, when they play in Copa America, when they play in the Gold Cup, then we can ask them to play better and really impose their own style and really really showcase that superiority that we, are, we supposedly have. In the qualifiers away, I mean... It just seems it just seems like we're you know we're finding things to to, to 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 sort of negate here and I mean I I thought that some players had some very good performances I think Diego Reyes for me was the man of the match as a center midfielder uh, and I think Anis as well despite the fact that it was strange to see him lined up on the left after the after the game when Osorio went on a press conference he explained why that was everything seriously essentially revolved around using Reyes as a central midfielder, because if he uses him as a central midfielder, he will drop in as another defender when they're defending, and Anis will simply sort of slide to the left a little bit. In that sense, it made sense, it, you know, whatever, it makes sense. Uh, you could have also used someone like Adrian Aldrete, who's not in the in the team right now, And but given the players that are with the team right now, it made sense based on what Osorio wanted to do, or at least the way that he thought the game was going to play out. But, I mean, if, if we're well, talking about the performance, I mean... I don't well, know. Based yeah. on Osorio's own... You know, own, own, you know uh, that... Go ahead. Ladies first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, it's the... I'm, I have a back connection. I think. But what I was going to say was that... Uh, I think uh, you know, after after a Salvador game, we were saying this was going to be a better a better game to a good metric of you know what's in in store as far as Osorio his 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 coaching qualities his influence on the team. And what's interesting to me is you know his approach to the game. It wasn't to take the game to Honduras. It, you know, no matter what state their team is, I mean they're at home. They're like you said, all the gamesmanship and obviously. You know the way they play. The you know it was a hack face in the first half up until I think uh, what's his name Castillo. You know poor guy. He you know he ended up. They kind of paid for their playing style yeah. with one of their guys. Yeah, with one of their guys getting getting injured. And I think I mean going going into halftime. Uh, I think that definitely affected uh, the Honduran players. Uh, you know mentally, and I think they kind of. They took a step back on that kind of very physical, very, very, very late challenges uh, uh, game approach, and obviously the ref was was letting a lot of that slide. And in the second half, you you kind of saw less of it. And I I think that kind of that's kind of where Mexico maybe you know they they started to look a little better. In my opinion, yeah, that 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 injury, that that type of injury that that you know it messes with a player's psyche, especially yeah, you know. And and obviously, forget the psych. Now it's also you burn a you burn a substitution, and that change and that also changes you know your options as a coach. Um, right. But and 
again, yep. again, it's not, it's not that I, again, you know, you know, what's, he's saying that you know we can't have it both ways. Well, you know, Mama Ridar Topes, we yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> you, you know what, guys? I, I think. Look, your preferences are Ronnie. So I am going to mamar in that hey. topic, okay? Um, I'm, I'm saying no. no. I, I'm saying once, uh, once we saw how bad Honduras was, I think a lot of people changed their narrative as far as what to expect, because that's that's the weakest Honduras team I've ever seen. Just moving like, the goalposts. Like just moving the It's it's. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not Osorio's fault, but... No, it's not. Honduras, it's not his fault. Honduras traditionally has two or three players that would, they would give our team a headache. We just didn't have that anymore. And and even Pinto talked about it after the game, saying how his players needed to be in better leagues. Well, yeah. I mean, you know what? In my, in my point of view, I think that goes without saying almost because... Pinto also said he was he was working on his game for four months. I mean, so you know, it, it's just it's kind of coach speak in that sense. And yeah, Honduras is is uh, and you know we had Catracho, we had Catracho on a few weeks ago, and he, he I said you know I expected Honduras in the hex, and he was like, nope. Hey, how much? Oh. That one. How, how much is how much is it that maybe Mexico, like you know, as a federation, is learning from their mistakes? That you know, Jolie talked about uh, that that under Chepo they played three games in one week at one point, and I, I don't remember there being much of a squad rotation there. And you know, maybe this is down to this is down to Osorio's approach to the game as well. Where you know, I, I think I brought up ones that to me he's like a min maxer. Where okay, he sees. You know, like uh, I guess he has this formula that he that he uses to determine, you know, which 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 player qualities are more important, and that's why you guys remember we were talking about uh, Talavera possibly starting, because maybe he, he's gonna be a little better at set pieces, a little better at corners, and it's like that that you know point one percent that that could make the difference, and I I think it did because you know maybe a, a different goalie would have gave up that 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 uh. That first goal around the 86th minute, and that kind of changes the game. Sure, that's we were, already, we were already down a man at that point. Xalanis uh, had to be carted off, and there were no more subs. <laughs> we were playing with ten. Yeah, and I think obviously the way the game played out, you know, in hindsight, you're like, hey, this this Honduras team was bad, but I don't think any of us were saying that 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 Mexico would neutralize Honduras the way they did, and you know, maybe Osorio deserves a little more credit for that. I don't think we had to do much to neutralize on. Look how many goals they've been scoring just just throughout, like, the recent run. They've been well, pretty it, bad. No, it's, it's, not, it's more than that. It's it's the game plan that Osorio laid out. He literally set the chess game, you know, the pieces, and everything went according to plan. So the reason why they couldn't score was because it's more to how tactically uh, defensive at the beginning, you know, he, you know, uh, Osorio, you know, that game that he played went well. And the best part about it is, except for obviously that horrible miss by Jimenez, the players responded to his tactics, and that's actually what matters. The 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 coach can say, oh, do this, do this, but if the players cannot execute in the end, it doesn't matter. And that's what I think Osorio deserves more credit that he played a game plan that our team can manage and execute. Well, here I think I think at the national team level, 
I think the rivalry can factor in. I mean, remember the U.S. the, the you know Jurgen Klinsmann went, you know, he left the Gold Cup early uh, this this past round, and you know we ended up with the the final that everybody wanted. And and as bad as they played in the Gold Cup, they it, it still took Mexico you know 90 minutes plus plus two 50 minute uh, extra time halves to beat them three two. Right. So, you know, I think regardless of, of whatever quality the team and we and we talked about how bad that U.S. team was, but Mexico still, you know, they couldn't beat them uh, convincingly. It, I, and I think, you know, a team like Honduras, all these Central American teams, they always step up their game when it comes to Mexico, and you know, they'll they'll take whatever advantage again that right. we talked about. That, 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 that plays hack. exactly into what Osorio has been saying from day one. The problem is, ninety percent of the stuff he's been saying has been completely ignored by the press because one of the first things he said when he took over was that one of the reasons he was excited about the Mexico job is because the player pool, in his in his eyes, there was enough quality to play multiple tactical schemes that could be easily adaptable throughout the game or as, as you know, before the game to overcome the, the, the rivals that we have in this region. And I think that's something that, that, that we haven't talked about enough, but he keeps talking about it. He said it yesterday at the press conference, you know, when he was asked, why did I need to start on the left? Why didn't you just shift like you went over to the left like we talked about on Monday? And he was like, well, this and this and this is why. I decided that if I use Reyes as a central midfielder, he can drop in and help with the defensive coverages, especially when, when it comes to long balls into our box, and simply allow Alanis to – enforce on the left-hand side and help out um, uh, um, uh, Guardado when he, when he would pinch in and, and, and help uh, defend. So, I mean, we have to take that into account because every game against – a game against Panama is going to be different. Panama has been a really, really tough, tough, tough game for us uh, the past couple of years. The game against Honduras is obviously different from the games against uh, El Salvador or the U.S., and so – I, I see it as a positive that he recognizes the fact that the player pool can be adapted to each individual game, and sometimes it's not going to be pretty. But I think to me, at least in a, like I said in the qualifiers, playing pretty is secondary. You have to win. I mean, we talked about it in you know, the, last, the last World Cup cycle when we struggled to even qualify <laughs> in the fourth place. There was very little rotation. The game plans were always the same home and away because there's this weird notion that Mexico has to go away to Honduras, to El Salvador, to the USA and impose themselves and, and sort of Barcelona their way through these games. That's completely unrealistic, and that's not a knock on the player pool or the quality of the players. It's just not the way it works. You know, you know going, going, into, and going into the player pool or the, how do you say, the generation, this, uh, going into La Puente's old comments, obviously this, has been, this game has proven that La Puente was, you know, completely wrong. His generation, around when he was manager, even though I know he didn't do any qualifiers, but his generation back in, you know, the World Cup 98 qualifiers, or even all the way to 2006, they broke a record that even those two generations couldn't overcome, which is win in Honduras, you know, in a way. So obviously right there, it's already proved that they're, you know, a much better generation that we have is now, not back then. Do you want me to post that picture up again of Chicharito and Aquino? Yeah, I don't think the barometer is beating Honduras in San Pedro Sula. No I mean, no matter how how important of a, I guess, you know, 
record-wise, you know, your 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 what your, your lifetime, uh, you know, you break you break some kind of record. I think the barometer is is uh you know what long term what are we gonna see at the World Cup? What are we gonna see in the tournaments? Right. Uh, you know that, and and I think I think really that's why uh, you know I, I brought I met, I kind of kept going on about La Puente's comment. It, it was actually it was gonna help Osorio because now he kind of you know he kind of uh, uh, how do you say he trolled or if if, if you wanna say it that way express it that way he trolled the players he trolled their egos or hey you guys think you're you're the bee's knees, but what what have you guys done as a team? Sit sit on some bench in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like you know the way I see it. Uh, the, the entire the four years of the the World Cup the, the World Cup cycle is to me is broken up and obviously into the Gold Cup. In this case, two Gold Cups because now they both matter equally, even though they're not really equal, but they both matter equally because that's what gives you the pass to the Confederations Cup. That's a tournament. Um, then you have the World Cup qualifying cycle to qualify for the World Cup. And finally, you have the, the World Cup itself. That's like three different pieces. And in between, you can sort of squeeze in the Copa America when we do go, which we, we've been going. So, uh, And then you have to assign the adequate importance to each one and, and adjust the expectations. You know, I mean, we, you know, I know Piojo over the summer said that, you know, he, that Mexico could, could win the Copa America. I mean... We weren't going to win the Copa America with that team. There were some good players uh, individually, but it's a team that didn't play a lot. There was not a lot of cohesion, and and uh, the, the the expectations had to be kept a little bit lower, you know. Um, so if, if we if we go by that, if we go by the by the idea that that we can split the cycle into the tournaments and the World Cup qualifying, then we can simply just look at the World Cup qualifying and say, well, the the objective is to qualify, okay. Because if we like, you know, we talked about it, I think either last week or, or on Monday. If you look at 2002, uh, uh, Costa Rica won the the hex, you know, the the, the the qualifying cycle, and they didn't do anything at the World Cup. Same thing happened in 2006. The USA won that, I think, on goal differential over Mexico, and nothing happened with them. And in 2010, they won it again over Mexico by one point. And both Mexico and the U.S. ended up at the same point in, in, in the World Cup. So playing well playing well, or playing pretty during the qualifiers means absolutely nothing because it doesn't translate it does. to nothing tangible. Well, maybe to the fans, I guess. No, 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 no. It's not a switch. It's not a switch. You just don't turn it sure on it and turn is. it off. Sure it is. I mean, it happened no, with Mexico. In, Mexico in the played World terrible in the, in the, in the qualifiers. Bio comes in. He changes. I think, I think it's, it's just two aspects. No, no, no. Right. Well, well, the thing about it, Bio, you know, when he when he came in, he brought in his his players that he'd already been working with for a while. So, so it was like you know the team was kind of you know was new, but you just don't turn it on and turn it off. It's, but you basically you work you keep though. you keep working you keep right. But but that's the thing. It but happened also. You in gotta be able to turn it up come uh, tournament time. No, I, look. You know, Sven gets fired. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Green, you know what I mean? Like he uses the gold cup to sort of find his maybe a, a couple players that he can use or whatever. And and you know, the, the World Cup itself wasn't that good, but there was a change. You know, he went to a four-three-three. Um, it was it wasn't great, but it was some. It was definitely. I mean, yes. I mean, it's not ideal that you have to make that switch, but it can be done. I'm not saying it's the ideal thing, 
but but I mean I, I don't know I don't understand the, the importance or, or placing so much importance in playing well during the qualifiers when we're still three years away from the, from the World Cup. I think that the the, the, the Copa America can be a, a good parameter for Osorio. Let's see what he can actually do in a tournament setting or the Confederations Cup. It doesn't matter. You know I, when Spain had that run, they, they were on top of the world. How many one zero wins did they did they have and the way they did it, the way they approached it is basically their their defensive uh, posture was to just keep the ball <laughs> and win 1-0 and just play keep away for the rest of the game after going up. And to be honest, I mean, you know, to some did people you forget, that was did you, for, did, did, did you forget how they thrashed how they thrashed the Italian defense for nothing in the uh, Euros? Well, well, right, but they had a lot of games we're talk, where we're t- it wasn't we're very the Italian well, defense. No, no matter how. Right, right. But what I'm saying, look, if you look at that run that they had, you're looking at one game against Italy. Uh, and you're you're talking about Euro 20, uh, 2012, right? Or was that 2008? No, that was the final. They played them in the group stage. They tied and then they came back in the final and they outplayed them big time. But if you look at their whole, their whole, their whole run during that time, those games, the, you know, they, it wasn't always pretty and it wasn't always... Uh, Lopsided uh, scores. A lot of a lot of those wins were one zero. Uh, you know, I mean, they they found, didn't they have that uh that like three year win streak that they that they that they threw away against the Nats. Yeah, and uh, the Confederations <laughs> Cup. And and a lot yeah. of those wins during that they were they were one zero wins, and I mean they play a variety. So I think finding but, a way to win, even if even if it's not beautiful, you know, and and you know like. But Going back to the gusto, but but you talk about those one zero oh, wins. Uh, I don't I don't think Mexico is that type of. Say that again. You talk about those one zero wins, but you have to remember that when teams played against Spain, they bunkered. So you know those one game, those you know one zero games, those two zero games, you know low scoring games. It's because they basically the teams just you know the, the opposing team set back. I mean I don't care how good you are at the professional level when teams bunker, it's hard to score. Even for Barcelona, well, but even, what I'm saying is, but I'm saying is, you know, you know, but what I'm saying is, if you look at the teams, the teams that you know, you know, historic teams like Barcelona, you know, or the Spain, or we go back to the early 2000s with the Boca Juniors, Bianchi's Boca Juniors, which to me, in my opinion, probably the, was the funnest team to watch. At least, you know, it was great. I mean, Holy, Holy probably remembers too. It was just, I mean, they were a real treat. But those mm-hmm. those type of teams. It doesn't. They didn't matter where you played, you know, what stadium, what country, who they played up. They played their style, and they and they were going to impose their style. So I don't. Th- I, I don't think that it's. But their if, style if is a team, lot more defensive. They, who? Their their style is a lot more defensive than people give them credit for. They, they they had two defensive midfielders on the field, you know, either uh, Xavi Alonso and uh, Busquets or Xavi Alonso and Marco Sena. So I think their style is a lot mm-hmm. more defensive than people give them credit for. And I, I mean, they're, obviously, they're, they're very good. At, they're very good at keeping the ball, you know, horizontal passing that generation. But that's a, I mean, Mexico could do that too. They could keep the ball in the back and just pass it around and not, not, not a, uh, not attempt any vertical fifty-fifty uh, type passes. You know, playing it safe. <laughs> you know, no, but, the triangle. You know, it's not just horizontal passing. It's 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 sitting sitting the triangles. It's overlapping. It's rotating players. But, playing in, you know, making, but, you creating know, spaces. 
Right, but the Tiki Taka name, it, it's actually the Tiki Taka. They're making fun of them because they're, it's a lot more horizontal, you know. But of course, they since they won the World Cup, it's kind of some of it kind of, you know, gets forgotten. Yeah, but like, even then, Spain was using kind of. They did kind of what Piojo did too. They they took the Barcelona midfield, and you know, and so they they were they're using players that were accustomed to playing together, and they exploited that. I mean, and they're obviously very very high quality players. But if but if Spain can struggle against Estonia and only beat them 1-0 at home or 2-0 at home, why should we expect Mexico to thrash Honduras or El Salvador? Obviously, keeping in mind the proportions and talent, you know, well, there's a lot I, of. I, actually, I expect I I would expect I expect a close game in the Azteca because it's obviously it's the the, the there's a tendency of sitting back the opposing team. When Mexico when Mexico plays on the road, the the team the home team has you know they have a uh, they're supposed to be attacking. Honduras is supposed to open up you know those teams are supposed to open up more, and you you would expect Mexico to capitalize on that. Well, Honduras put, yeah, but Honduras put out a yeah they put out a five man defense yesterday. They yeah. were looking to nullify Mexico and hit us on the counter, and simply they're they're. Their front four were going forward based simply on emotion. There, there was not a lot of football being played by either team, but Honduras was tasked with sort of having the initiative, and they did a very, very poor job at that. And and the game suited Mexico. I mean, I think the game suited Mexico, and the players understood it. They were mature about it. I think, if anything, I think it was a very, very mature performance on the road. I mean, I think that a team like El Salvador, for example – might be a little more adventurous going forward, and, and then that that could, that's again. I think that would be a different setup for Osorio when we go there, or if, if we go there. I don't even know. Uh, obviously, you know we have to play El Salvador. At probably it's going to be a year from now, so who knows what's going to happen then? Canada at home and away is probably going to be. They're going to be tough games because Canada, you know, Benito Florio knows Mexico, and he's going to want to. Probably exploit whatever weaknesses he thinks we have, and they're gonna—they're probably gonna bunker at the Azteca, and you know that. I think that's gonna be a good metric for us to see what Osorio can do. I think it's gonna be a game-to-game thing, and it's gonna be interesting because I do expect different setups, not necessarily player-wise, but at least in the way the team is gonna operate every single game, which I think is refreshing. And if the results hold up. Then you know that's just going to give him more more fodder to keep working, and and uh, it's going to obviously more give more fodder to the people that don't want him in charge to to find newer ways of criticizing. Does he wear glasses? Why is he wearing glasses? Why is he wearing a suit? You know, are his shoes clean? You know, no, 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 different colors. Those aren't the criticisms. Those aren't those. We're talking about legitimate criticisms. Legitimate criticisms, like for example, aside from you know. Really, the only true goal-scoring opportunity that Mexico generated yesterday was the one from Jimenez. Um, no, Cheech connected a couple times with like, well, like you can connect it with Cheech a couple. I think it's like no, two no, or three hands. In other occasions, I think Cheech puts those away. You know. No, 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 no. Those were, those were, I mean, okay. Dom. You know, Dom scored because he pressed and he and he made. You know, he made the the defend. You know, the uh, the defender commit a mistake and and, and good for Dom. Good for Dan, but, but those aren't those aren't goal scoring opportunities. So I mean that's something that you. Yes, no, I'm he talking about it because. 
I'm talking about like Yoon and, and Cheech connecting. Uh, but, I really, like I said, I mean, if you but, watch the game, the only the only real goal, goal scoring opportunity that Mexico generated was just one was the one from from he, uh, Jimenez. So I mean, you know, we're not. I mean, I'm not criticizing Osorio because of his notepad or his colored, you know, pens or whatever. My, you know, the thing is, obviously, the result is fine, is great. The performance, and you know, and, and it's not like, and, and it's not like, you know, when I mentioned earlier, you know, as to like, you know, when I was watching and reading, you know, the re, you know the reviews and the performances of other people's opinions and stuff like that. I mean, you have guys that are level-headed. We're not talking about Jose Ramon Fernandez. We're not talking about David Fagas. We're talking about guys that are level-headed, you know, and, and and you know are professional. And they uh, they're saying yes, I like you know I like you know the, uh, the the result is great. You know, it gives the coach you know basically a stay of execute you know you know you know more time to work, but they just didn't like the performance, and that's valid. Yeah, but you know what? We're going to talk about what. You know the talking heads are doing. Uh, anybody, in, you know. Well, here, here's the thing: the the talking heads and, and the media that are not Mexican or Mexican fans had a completely different point of view, um, and that's maybe because they they experienced the South American World Cup qualifiers firsthand, and they see that you know the qualifiers are one thing and the World Cup performance is a separate thing, but. From anybody that I've listened to yesterday and today that is not a Mexican fan, I've got a completely different take from from their you know from their perspective. So I mean yes, I mean Saga is a level-headed dude. Yes, he is, but I mean he was also jumping in and lynching when it came to uh, the two different colored pens that Osorio uses during training. So it's hard to really it's hard to discern really what is what you can take away from those criticisms. Before it gets muddied up, and listen to the point where Christian Martinoli is getting a lot of flack on Twitter right now because he went on after the game yesterday and said, "It doesn't matter if we win, you'll complain. If we lose, you'll complain. If we tie, you complain. If I eat two tacos, you'll complain." chorizo y una de no sé qué también van a chillar. Entonces, you know what I mean? So again, I, I don't, and I feel like I'm being a contrarian here, and, and maybe I am, but but. I think the performance was was perfectly suited to what the game was going to be. I mean, when when people talk about the performance and what they expected, that that just just leads us to believe that the expectations in that person's head were completely different from what was more realistically bound to happen on the field. I mean, Honduras wasn't just going to let Mexico knock the ball around. There's a reason why the grass was higher because you know Mexico likes to play with the ball on the ground. You know. Those things are factors that you have to take into account. And, and if you look at all of that, and if you go back and watch the game, I wouldn't recommend watching the first half. If you watch the second half, you can see the way that Mexico managed the game, and that's what you have to do sometimes. Not every game is going to be a, a perfectly awesome display of football. Sometimes you got to grind it out. And I think we had a problem with that last time around the World Cup qualifying in 2013. We didn't know how to grind down games, and we became easily rattled. And we have seen the complete opposite so far. And again, some of it can be attributed to Osorio. I also think the players and 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 that experience, you know, two or three years ago, has helped them, especially the players that are still part of the part of the team, the core of the team. They know. They know that at the end of the day, if if they what if they had played really really well? What if they had ten scoring chances, only put two away, but Honduras scored three? 
Nobody would be talking about the fact that Mexico played well because when Mexico plays well and loses or or, or, or ties a game, the talk, this, these same talking heads aren't on TV saying, "All right, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they lost, you know, they tied or they lost. It doesn't matter because they played really, really well." Nobody well, does that. So it's, it's it's redundantly revisionist to go back and say now, "Well, they it won." Yes, but but you know, what matters matters is the results. I that mean, same it's, it's good that, three points. I would have been happy with a tie because it's a, it's an away game and Concacaf, and I think you know as long as uh, Osorio has Mexico adding points so they can you know make the hex and then start preparing but, for the but, hex. But let let let's let's be real. Let, let, you know, let's be real. The players, well, the players right now are are happy are ha <laughs> because of the you know beating the U.S., winning the Gold Cup. Right now, the players, you know. Their their heads in a good place right now because you know you know they 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 won what they were supposed to win. So I mean I, I don't that think you know very is, that can change that? very I, easily. I, I, it, and it, can, it, it can, and that it, can change it very easily. So, I mean, I don't, one one so bad results. Go ahead. Sorry. Go what ahead. I'm what I'm saying what I'm what I'm saying is is like let's not all contribute this right now to you know to to to, to Osorio because right now I mean the players like I said look he, despite what La Fuente says. These play these players these players right now, they're they're good players they're 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 good players, individual players. I don't I still haven't I still haven't seen that collective you know, you know the team really click. Um, you know aside from like you know the, the game against the U.S. and the and the game against Argentina, which is probably you know, I really like the game that they played the Tuca put up against Argentina. I really did because I think that you know. You know, I, I, we talked about the last week, so I mean, I don't want to talk about it again. But what I'm saying is that, you know, it's like, you know, oh, you know, Saudi is a great tactician and stuff like that. You know, and the, you know, the players are playing, responding better, and this and that's like, hold on, hold on, let's let's not give give him too much credit here. You know, I agree. I mean, I I, you know, like, I mean, like, you know, what, you know, you know, Fernando was talking about, oh my God, he proved this, he proved that. I said, you know, with all due respect, Fern, no, there's las nalgas tan, you know, tan rápido. <laughs> No te regales. Right. Who has who no, had he's... them coming in and, or, and Tecatito coming in and scoring? Being honest. That's true. That's true. No, you anytime hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Anytime a coach makes a substitution and you know it, 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 that player makes an immediate impact and scores, I think you have to give the coach uh, you know a little bit more credit. Obviously he, Whatever instructions he gave the player, they had some effect. I mean, Ticatito's, uh, you know, he, he's starting to show that he's a special talent. And, but those, you know, I guess it, but it's those been plays, good. Mexico, those that, that those Mexico, plays were uh -huh. not, were, those plays were not created, you know, it, it wasn't a team goal, meaning it, it wasn't a generated goal. It was circumstantial, you know, on, on account no, of errors. Now, granted, well, now, granted, they were, so, they're so, you can, you're supposed to catch errors. not, pressing is not circumstantial. He, he, uh, in the sense that he created the opportunity from his from his high press. Now, but, was that a specific what, instruction? Now, what I'm saying, now what I'm saying, the player out of does, out of a hundred times, out of a hundred times, a thousand times, how many times is that is that going to result? Dude, it, it know, can, when, why, why can't high high pressing? Why why is, why is it a hundred times? No, what I'm saying is because it's circumstantial. Because <laughs> I know that he created, he tried to look for it. That's a why because it, it's not you're not creating you're not really creating a, a goal opportunity where you know it's not a traditional goal scoring you know opportunity that's what I'm trying to get to. Sure, that's a fair point. But, but, but you we saw that we saw that collective collectively speaking. Sorry, one real quick.
collectively speaking, we saw some very good things against El Salvador. Again, keeping in mind the the lack of quality of that particular team. But but I, if anything, I think that the most important thing that we can discern from this is what kind of players is Osorio showing trust in? Because you say that I mean, and I agree with you. I mean, it, it's not like this. You know, he's not, I mean, he's a good coach. Obviously, tactically, he's obviously very 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 good. But you know. Who? When did any of the coaches before him, whether it be uh, Miguel Herrera or, or even Chepo, which one of them thought to use Diego Reyes as a center midfielder? Neither one. Which one of them decided to use him as a center midfielder to combat a team with a, with a, with somewhat of a size advantage over Mexico? Neither one of those guys. Chepo went with Torrado and Salcido. Hey, you're okay? going back. You're going too far back. No, because no, no, because because Reyes was part of that team. Reyes yeah, was on the squad back then, and he had played under Miguel Herrera as a defensive midfielder at, at some points with America. Not many, but he did. So was Diego was Diego Reyes was he on the bench? Was he getting any, any playing time? Um, well, who? before before when he was well during the hex before he went to Porto, he used him as a center back a few times, and that and he had some good games. But what I'm saying is that if we look at what what Osorio wants to do with, to to sort of adapt this team to combat the strengths of the opponent, no none of these coaches, not, and it's not a good or bad thing. It's simply that they just didn't see Reyes as that guy. They went with other players that he they thought were going to bring something to the table, but were never going to be physically a good match against teams like the U.S. Or or you know Honduras or whatever or Panama or what have you. How, how much? How much? I mean, really, if you really think about it, he's two games in. How much do you really think it has more to do with him being a visionary and seeing players in different positions, or how much is it having to do that he can no longer count on Salcido, can no longer count on Massa Rodriguez, he can no longer really count on Rafa Marquez. Well, that's fine. In, in the long term. Let me rewind a bit. Let me let me rewind a bit. When when I Ronnie said that uh, I don't know if, if if he misunderstood me, but high pressing as a tactic, it I mean it's widely used. You you saw it in, in Liga MX with a uh, or back yes, when they, yes 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 whatever, whatever they call it. You know with under Hans, you know he he used it. Uh, he 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 deployed it a couple times. There's a few videos that uh you know you can find them on YouTube, especially against Cruz Azul that. Uh, uh, when Tena was a coach there, and also Mexico used it in the Olympics. Yep. So, hey, you know, I think you... I think the you know don't discredit. I mean, it's a widely used tactic, Ronnie. I think it's pretty common now. No, no, Pep no, used it, it uh, it, you know, it, it, Wang, it is a tactic, but the thing about it, out of a hundred of those plays, out of a hundred times, dude, you're only going to get one or two. I'm just saying when I'm talking you know, about creating, when I'm talking about creating, you know, goal scoring opportunities, we're talking about basically, you know, uh, you know, like the first, like the first goal that Mexico Mexico scored on the U.S. Remember that? Yeah. You know, you know the triangles, the little back heel passes. You know, what I mean, creating something, you know, that that wasn't there. You know what I mean? And I understand, and I understand. You know, you know, I'm not trying to be semantical. Obviously, he did create it because he pressed for it, but that's not really a team goal. You know. Yeah, you it's know, a team tactic. I think right, if you expect a team tactic successfully, there's no difference between uh, pressing a team once they enter your half 
and having acres of space or pressing a team when they're trying to come out with the ball and winning it, winning the ball closer to their goal, which was what happened in Jurgen Dam's case. And, to, and it's actually, I mean, they're, okay, both, okay, they're, okay. Both, it's, they're both equally successful. No, okay, but okay. Do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember uh, when you know when uh, what was it? Uh, Mexico's the Argentina's second goal against Mexico in the 2010 uh, World Cup, uh, when Osorio basically you know lollygagged it, it and, right. And so that those that, that's basically you know you know obviously obviously the player the Argentine you know forward pressed and stuff like that and and, and it was basically a brain fart on on Osorio's you know the, you know Osorio's part. That's really what that was. It was basically a brain fart. It's not. It's not. You know, we're not talking about. I mean, really, the only goal. The only this goal. From that. This isn't a brain fart. This is a. It, this, it is a brain fart. That is, that is the that, guy taking the ball away. I mean, Osorio taking a bad touch. It, 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 to me, it's a different type of goal. One is Osorio's mistake. The other is is them uh, pressing the guy into a mistake. Is is to me, it's totally yeah. different. Remember no, no, that Osorio the, put. Uh, George Dam there to press that and make that mistake. So in reality, it all started with Osorio's tactics. Well, here's oh, the thing. Here's the thing. We talk about the performance. No, there's nalgas, cabron. But the, but, the, but the, we talk about the performance. But but creating goal scoring chances is only part of the performance. I cannot believe you guys. So I cannot. I cannot believe you guys are basically you know praising a a a a, a brain fart. Like if that's like. This is the equivalent of celebrating a Copa MX win. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's <laughs> a brain fart. The run that and brain fart. The Jurgen pressing this guy into a mistake. It, I mean, you could say it's a brain fart, but damn, provoke. That's a brain fart in the hundred part. That's that's a, that's a million years mistake. Jurgen Dam capitalized on this. He pressed to the mistake. To me, it's two different situations. When one is uh, uh, obviously, you know, you're you're pretty much you're there. The team the team is uh, like shaking and they make mistakes. The other ones are like, hey, the, you know, this guy came in, he pressed them, and he won the ball. It's totally different situations. If La Puente no. would have been on there, would have been La Puentismo on that field. Uh, Dam wouldn't even be on the field and. Wouldn't even been near the close to be pressing that type. That's not his style. Look, I, I, look, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Osorio. I, you know, I'm not, I, I think the guy's. I think the guy hasn't done enough to. Be, I don't think he's. I don't think he has the, the proper credentials to be the coach of Mexico. So I mean, he's gonna have to win me over. That's yeah, why I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. But but here, here here's another thing like little things these are little things and they're valid you know yesterday welcome Dan hey but what's the credentials yes. of coach Mexico was it what to you okay. what's a good credential obviously well, obviously, uh, obviously obviously look the Colombian league to me does not it's not impressive okay it's not no, I, but, I'm but sorry what is but what is what's what is well, what did he do what did he do in Sao Paulo no no but I, I, but I want to I mean. Forget about Osorio. I want to hear what's a what's a valid credential for you, you know, for a, a, a Mexican national team coach. What do you think? Like uh, maybe like a Felipe Powell? Would that be? Well, well, you know, well here, 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 here's here, here for starters. For starters, is being being coaching a team where you have a lot, a lot of press. Aside from winning, aside from winning, but being you know coaching a team with a lot of press, because obviously it's going to get to you. 
and I'll, and I'll give you a prime example. And, and I don't know if you guys caught my tweet, my my Twitter chat. You know, I sent a Tom Marshall a, a, a tweet last night, and I, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but you know, during the press conference, uh, Osorio looked flustered, and he actually spoke down to a reporter because he, you know, he asked the reporter asked him about uh, about Ochoa, and he's like, like I told you yesterday, you know. I'm going to call them, you know. You know, it's nothing personal against you know Giovanni, but the way he came about—I don't know if you guys saw saw that you know inter interaction, but the way he came about it, he came across like he was you know very perturbed and basically you know called you know called him out, you know called out the the reporter on that. And I looked and I and I and I tweeted. And I said, Tom, is it me or did or, or did Osorio Osorio look a little flustered? And he says, you know, and he says, yeah, he did. Okay, now, so he's socially yeah, no, 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 no. What, what, what I'm saying, what I'm, what I'm saying is, no. What I'm <laughs> yeah. saying is, the, the point is, the reporters are going to ask you the same thing a million ways, a million right. ways. They're going to ask you. The, Chippo used to be. Remember Chippo in the press conference? Yes, no, hey, we're healthy. No, you know, okay, okay. I don't know why are you no, asking but, that. You know, same no, thing. No, no, again. <laughs> so I mean, so, I, again, again. But even guys like Van Gogh. Even guys like Van Gaal and Mourinho, dude, they blow up on the press for getting the same question. You know, we're talking I about the Mexican press. We're talking about the Mexican press. Right. Yeah, press. I mean, is, is, he, is the English press any different from Mexican press? <laughs> no, they're probably like a little bit worse. According to Aguirre, according to Aguirre, who's coached in Europe for more than 10 years. Is that he, the uh, Mike he, he was, What's that? Yeah, even Aguirre, who coached, you know, who coached, you know, in Spain for ten years, says, you know, mentioned that, you know, you, you know, Mexico's a tough place to coach. Mexico right, is but an extremely tough place to coach. So honestly, the, the, the press and the Mexican press, they share a lot of qualities. They look for the tabloid, and I think, I mean, if you look at those managers, there's, I mean, they're very successful managers, and they deal with the same type of press you see in Mexico. Uh, in my I don't think the uh, not to that severity, not to yeah, that severity they, where they they you know it's for, it's it's pretty did bad. You ever, did you ever hear the rumors about a Harry Redknapp where he was supposed you know he at one point he answered a a, a press uh, question he said I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a, a wheeler uh, dealer dealer and basically what they were implying was if he was taking a cut from the transfers and so you know. You know, I think they will get those same type of questions. It it was there very disrespectful to his character, according to him, because he blew okay. up on them several times. No, okay, I, that that okay, I can understand that, but I'm just saying, I, and I know that, and I know, I think we spoke about it and we tweeted about it, but you know, when he was with Sao Paulo, you know, when he was getting Sao Paulo, he blew up at the press over there, basically asking him about the Mexican, you know, about the Mexican gig, and it's like Jesus Christ, this guy's got a short, you know, fuse. And like yesterday at the presser, you know, he, you know, he kind of like spoke down to the reporters, like, like I told you yesterday, you know, I'm gonna play, you know, people who are in the, you know, in the, in the best moment right now, and it's nothing personal and you know stuff like that. So I mean, he looked flustered, he looked perturbed, and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, you're two games in, you've won two games, and you're already getting flustered. He goes, just imagine when he loses, and he's really gonna lose it. Okay, you know? he's never gonna lose. Hey, dude, you know, as long as he doesn't go punch a reporter or slap a reporter, I think we'll be okay, right? <laughs> That's okay. Oh, no, like, how bad could he? How bad could it really be? I mean, yeah, our last coach literally threw a punch the guy. Allegedly, okay. I didn't see it. 
But I mean, <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, I think Osorio has come in. He's been on the job for a month and a half, and ninety percent of his interviews, he simply just talks about what he wants to do with the team. And even at the press conferences, he is he was asked by Ruben Rodriguez why did Alanis start, and he went into a long-winded explanation as to why he did so, including Diego Reyes as a central midfielder and all these other things. And once he was done, Ruben Rodriguez was like, uh, okay, okay, I don't know what to say to that because I was waiting for you to say something that I could nitpick and then ask you about other players that aren't here. Okay, they're not here. They're not on the, They're not with the team right now. And, and eventually he's going to have to say, well, Giovanni's not with the team because of this or whatever. But right now the focus is on the two games that we just played. And if, and if we're going to say that he lost his cool, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I see it that way. I actually agree with one of the points that Fernando made uh, that I think a big part of it, and I think that one of the issues that I, I'm not sure if anyone's picked on it, picked up on it as far as the media is concerned, but he is socially awkward. He's extremely socially awkward. I mean, and and, and he seems to be uh, kind of like like almost borderline autistic, where he's not very social, very sociable. But it, like when it comes to talking um, f- football, he's extremely technical and he's extremely long-winded with his responses because he, he just wants to speak to it and in, in, in really in, in depth. That's a good point, Dan, because, I mean, people were clamoring for, for Bielsa. If anybody can point towards any press conference where Bielsa makes eye contact with anybody, please let me know because he doesn't. He doesn't do that. He's the same way. Yeah. Bielsa goes out there and says, well, we played this way, we played this way, we adjusted this, we made these changes because of this, and people are like, okay, but... What about the controversy? You know, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't sign I get, up. I get the sense that I, I get the sense that there's a lot of like uh, how do you say distaste for Osorio because he's not a Mexican coach. Exactly. Uh, he's not a coach that's from why, the Mexican league. But that's I mean, why we, the goalposts we, we've got over thirty years every oh. single time. That's why the goalposts get moved because before the game, like we said, it was about he has to go to win. If he wants to convince me, he has to go win, and then he wins, and then it's like, well. No, 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 no. I'm not no, saying no. you said what that. I'm I, just saying. What, what did I say? What did I say that was going to convince me? I said, I said, goal, I said, I said, the uh, Copa America. That's the you only way he's going to convince me. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you, Ronnie. I'm talking in, in general with, yeah. with the, the narrative that's being pushed by the press because that was with every, after the game. It was like, nah, I don't like the way they played. Okay, that's a fair assessment, but why? Are we taking into consideration the field conditions and the players and the opponent because the opponent also plays? It's almost it's yeah. almost way too obvious to say that, but it's the truth. You know what I mean? Like, if 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 Mexico against Holland at the World Cup had bunkered efficiently in the second half and nicked away the win, do you think anybody would have said, "Oh, you know, yeah, we won," but I uh, I don't know, I don't like the way they played. Like, I don't like the way they played. No, nobody would have said that because it it, it doesn't really matter because at the other day, if you win. That's the end game to this, and it's simplistic, and it misses, and it glosses over a lot of the things that we're talking about. Because that's what we're here for. We're here to talk about these things, but we can't lose sight of that. Is what I'm saying. That, you, know, you know, that that is the problem. Okay, we just the the results. We've got thirty Mexico, uh, years. We go ahead. <laughs> Dale, Beto. Come again. I'm sorry. I'm getting cut out, but. We've got almost 30 years of Liga MX coaches going through the national team. Uh-huh. 
We are experiencing some technical difficulties. Please stand by. Well, actually, uh, if he's Look. going, are you there, Juan? Well, I was just going to make the point as far as the uh, the the Mexican coach. I think he's basically going going in that direction. Is that what? How how great has a Mexican coach done a job that? That just makes a, a foreign coach seem so unreasonable or so, seem so silly. I mean, every Mexican. Well, for starters, first, for starters, for starters, no foreign coach has ever won a World Cup. For starters, that we're we're going back from 1930. So, so it's always been a domestic coach to to win. Okay, you ju- okay. just second, just... second, second point, second point. Second okay, go ahead. Aguirre, who coached the national team before, 10 years before, he was away out of the country, didn't even know the players that were in the league at Mackey's anymore, was so out of touch with the league that he had to resort to, uh, to, to Mario Carrillo because he just didn't know the players anymore. So obviously that affected his player, you know, his player selection. Okay. So, I mean, obviously obviously that that's also another strike against Osorio because he doesn't know all the, all the players. Now, granted, he, he does have time. You know, okay, you, he, you he, know... He there's only been one country that has won out of Europe, an European country, and that was Germany. But before, no other country, no other European country had won outside of Europe. And guess what? They broke hey, that person. Hey, Osorio's a lot more familiar. Osorio's a lot more familiar with the Mexican. What's that? Osorio's a lot more familiar with the Mexican national team pool than you guys gave him credit. I think that's been. I think if anything has been really? proven exactly. I mean, that. you guys uh, as left back uh, well, I, to uh, well, you know what? to have a real. You know what? This, uh, as defensive mid. Yeah, no, that's uh, no Puebla's Puebla's vice president who obviously hired him and knows him at a, at a more intimate you know capacity than we do says otherwise. You know, the guy, what, what is Puebla? Yeah, but a guy that never even went what, to one training session. But, what, what is Puebla in organization? They're a black hole for careers, man. What you know? I, I think as an organization, they're really not reputable. Now, if it was Pelaez who 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 had hired uh, Osorio, worked with him, you know, somebody who's actually been successful uh, running his organization, uh, exemplary, exemplary, you would say, you know. But if you have somebody like Vergara or you know this Puebla guy uh, with ownership troubles, like almost every year. Right, and, you know, and I think the, I, there's, it, their their word carries a lot less weight than than if it was coming from somebody like uh, Ebrija or so the, the players. Players, the players you know. talk about Osorio being really good and this and that, and that doesn't count. But some some guy, some higher up who they're going to say that the players obviously the players are going to say that because they're trying to cover their asses. So what? But what does that you say know? about this Puebla guy though? That's that's kind of the thing. I mean, you you, you, well, you well, he, he's a VP. He's a vice. out of it. He's a vice president. He hired him. He basically, you know... Yeah, he, you but know, he, he never attended... His... Right, and he never attended a single training session while he was at Puebla. So, again, what? How, do, how much can we take out of his, you know, out of his comments? I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I think Juan has a point. I think that there is an element of this slight towards Osorio, and it, and it varies simply because some don't really know him or his trajectory, and others because they want a Mexican coach on the job. I mean, when they talk about there's plenty of coaches in the league, who? Who? Tomas Boy? Duca already no, had no, a no. shot and he bounced. He, he did what he had to do and he left. Ojitos Mesa already had a shot. Who are we talking about? Who else are we talking about here? Busetich is like the only one really 
that I could see as an as a viable candidate, but they also burned him. He got you burned know? out so of the position too. You know what? Regardless of the coach, we will get the same results. I, I, I mean, think, how I how much how much do you feel a coach actually affects the team? How how much better can he actually make it? I mean, he has a role to play. He has a role well, to I play. Think, I and, think and, Costa Rica showed that, that a coach can take you, can take you to the quarters. Uh, do, you the think, coach, do you think he would have done the same if he didn't have that quality of players with Costa Rica? Well, it's a, it's Pinto's a good example of that. Pinto did really well with Costa Rica, and he hasn't been able to replicate that with Honduras because the quality of players is obviously lower. And Costa Rica's done terribly since. But, but I mean, you we've seen it with a coach like Felipao, he'll win the World Cup and then he, he gets trashed at another one. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Here, here's, the, here's the thing. All right. We have, let's see, Memo Vasquez, he's, he's won Liga MX. You've had Galindo win MX. Liga, he's won a title. All right. Uh, let's see who I'm trying to. Uh, you fought, el, el, uh, el Guadalupe Cruz also won. Uh, title. You have Daniel, Guz, Dan, Daniel Guzman, who also won with Santos Laguna. Trash. So I mean, you're you're having at least right there four Mexican coaches in the in the last five years that have won. Now, maybe five years is a lot, a long time, but how more, how much more competitive is the Liga MX to the Colombian, uh, the Colombian, uh, uh, the Colombian? What do you call it? The league. league. It might be. It might be a little bit more competitive. Sure. But but I, I personally wouldn't want Daniel Guzman as a coach. Memo okay, Vasquez could be a potential coach, yeah. And Profe no, Cruz at one point was, was, a, was someone that looked poised to at some point get a shot. But I, I don't know. I so, mean, I'm not... So, so, so you're, you, you have at least four coaches, in, like I said, in the last five years. Mexican. Even Galindo. Galindo had fucking... And I, you, know, you know I hate Chivas. But he had, he had fucking Chivas in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Copa... Libertadores playing badass, and I and I hate to admit that. Well, bring Matias you know. Almeida to the national team then. No, Swap, no. Swap, we're, we're, we're Why? Because he's not Mexican. <laughs> no, I mean, no, but what, what, he just what won. A, he just won the Copa MX. You know. Oh, oh, I mean, I would, I would like, I would love to see, I would love to see Osorio play a coach in, the, uh, in Mexico to see, you know, how successful he would be. Because honestly, you have a lot of teams, and they're stacked. We're talking about out of the eighteen teams, you're talking easily, easy ten to twelve of them. 12, ten to twelve can win, can win, or put up a fight to win. That's you a test of the quality if, of the league, in my opinion. Well, if if he takes over Monterrey, Osorio, he will do really well. That's a great team, has great players, See, now, you know. And now, if you, if you if, by looking at what he's doing with the national team. With great players, I'm pretty sure he will do well in Monterrey or any other team and, that and, stuff and, like and, and even and, and even and even I would even take you know even if it's the corner thing I would even take you know you know Pio, uh, El Turco Mohamed over Osorio. You know the guy obviously yeah. he played with America obviously he played with America and he could handle the criticism. Uh, he you know he won with uh, Tijuana, which you know a team that you know is not as it doesn't have the resources that America uh, you know that has, but he you know he won with them. So obviously, I would I don't know I don't know if they approached him or not. I don't I don't know. Uh, but if you were to give me Osorio, you were to give me Turco, I'd take Turco any day, any day. I would take Memo Vasquez any day. I'd take Galindo. I like Galindo. I, I think that you know he should be. I, 
you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, Vergara is a joke of an owner. But I, I mean, honestly, I would have, I would have stuck and given, you know, given him a serious, serious, you know, uh, opportunity, you know, for the long haul. Well, I mean, you could also point towards examples like Sampaoli. Uh, Sampaoli was also a question when he got hired as Chile coach. He had no national team experience. He'd only coach at Colo Colo. Um, and he's done great with him. He's, he, he was able to maximize their talent. I mean, that's, that's the idea about a national team coach. I mean, the responsibilities are different because you don't have the players day-to-day. And I think that's one of the biggest things about Osori that are still iffy because he's a guy that works well day-to-day. And, and if he doesn't have the players day-to-day, how well can he do? But he just got two back-to-back wins, regardless of the quality of the opponent. He got two back-to-back wins with only five days of training with the players. He got that's, Gordi Wapas, dude. Two Gordi Wapas. Big but there. that's what was in front of him. That's what's in you front did, of him. Okay. You, you, did say, you did say it was going to be a true test. Well, you said that the Copa America result, or I think the Centenario is the one is the only way you, he'll, uh, or the first way he'll be able to win you over. You did say that the Endudas would be the first true test. You know what's going to happen? Oh, it, it's like uh, I, win no, the I said, I, and then he's going to move the goalpost. Oh, if he wins the World Cup, he'll win me. Over. No, 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 no. I said that. I said he will start to. I said he would start to to win people over, winning in, in Honduras, winning in Columbus, and and I said he would start winning over. I said personally for me, not it's not Rio, it's not the Olymp, it's not the Olympics for me. For me personally, it's the Centenario. I want that's the one that I want. I agree. I agree. I don't think. Um, and, and he's not gonna con- and he's not gonna convince me. He's not gonna convince me otherwise, because we're basically gonna be playing in our backyard with Televisa funding it, you know, Televisa and Univision funding it, basically Mexican money, you know, Mexican TV, and we're basically gonna be host almost. But if that's so the case, we overall um, description of his coaching for every game is gonna be either poor no, or. I'm not no, 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 no. How, how do you, how Look, do you gauge his, uh, his here, performance? Here, here's, here, here's, here's my thing. Here's my thing. He, he, you know, it's not like it's not like it's not like Ugo where you're in a, like in a real transition where you're basically the old guard is out and the new and the new guys are coming in. Although the new guys are talented, still they don't have that experience. You know, the Vela and the and and Gio and them like that. He has basically a bunch of guys right now that are in their prime. And and come Russia, they're gonna still gonna be in their prime. I agree. With, you know, two three two with two three World Cups, you know, behind their belt, and and they're at the prime age that they're they're ripe. They're I mean, they're great. They're gonna be great. Now that's yeah, why I'm saying it's centenario. That's an excellent point to be honest, because Osorio is coming into a situation where the team it's ideal. Yeah, it absolutely is, and and I mean the team was already in a good run of form, despite some some. You know, if he gains, yeah. You know, so yeah, no, I think it's a perfectly valid point, Ronnie. Now, now, Chapel, you know, for some reason, you know, two Chapel did great for two years, and then obviously he just, I guess he just had a brain fart. He had mental, had mental, you know, he mental. That's the Torre brain fart, actually. So, so, organization. So then, and then, you you know, what's that? I think I think Chepo's uh, Chepo's mistake was uh, he was uh, going uh, he gave some of the players too much trust and they were they were out of form. Yep. You know, Chich yep. was Chich was in you know, Chich was in a bad situation in Manchester United. Uh, you know, and you had other players. Obviously, Novella it really hurt. And I think 
I think that's why I find Osorio, uh, Osorio's approach to to his call ups and to his lineups interesting is because he's you hey, know no, you know even if you're but yeah. for Juan he he has a uh, Santiago toilets <laughs> and he plays a huge part in, he he plays a huge part in who gets called up. You know what I thought interesting is that well, he called yeah, up no, Jonathan Dos Santos and he didn't you play. Know, you know, that's exactly the thing. That's exactly that's, the thing. You know, he had Gallito Vasquez, he had Jonathan that he could have used as center midfielders, or even as a as a worst case scenario, Sly Guardado to be that 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 sort of a lone defensive midfielder. And he said, no, we're going to go Reyes, and Reyes did a tremendous job. And I think that those those are the things that 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 slowly. Move the needle for me in regards to Osorio because, I mean, Ronnie may think that I'm some sort of apologist for Osorio. I'm not. I mean, he wasn't my first choice, but I do think that he brings some intangibles to the table that some of the other candidates didn't. And I think that if 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 he maintains this line, his simply the way that he's evaluating the talent pool and, and, and the players that he wants to put his trust in, namely Corona and some of these other younger guys. I think that's a positive because. But Christian, Christian, hey, you know, even though Baños plays hey, a plays a role. Hey, cabrón, you're interrupting. I'm gonna ask Christian. See, this is my this is my thing. Do you really feel that it was Osorio's call to get Memo and to leave out Gio? Because I don't feel he had anything to do with that. Well, I don't. I'm not. It's hard to say, but okay. Look, I, I I agree with bring bringing Memo in, you know. But I wasn't sure if he was gonna play him. See, okay. So let's say he brings him in. Let's say that Banyos is like, hey, maybe you should bring this guy in. And he says, okay, fine. First week on the job. I'm not gonna rustle any jimmies. Whatever. I'll appease you on this one. I'll bring I'll bring Memo. But I don't know about Gio. Whatever. Okay, fine. Don't bring him in. Whatever. He brings them in. But then who makes the choices to who plays? Hey. It's fine if he brings him in. But do you think Memo, it was Baños? Do you think it was Baños that recommended Rafa to be the captain as well? That that's why you know g going with Chris's point, it's like okay, Osorio Osorio's going along with certain decisions until he has the you could say the political cap capital to kind of do things more his way. But exactly. even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't do it his way, the whole like let's say he he gets ninety percent of his ideas because he's got to deal with uh you know with uh let's say like Piojo with Pelaez. Where he's gotta bounce off his ideas and have them uh, explain them to somebody, so to the point where he feels a little pressure that, hey, dude, you better, you know, really think about what you're doing. I mean, is that a bad thing? No, it's not because you know what? Here's the thing: Osorio obviously studied up on the players and the player pool and, and what he wants to do. But at the end of the day, he doesn't really know them. So why wouldn't he lean on someone like Banos, who was with the team at the World Cup? and was part of the previous coaching staff. I mean, I, I, I think that's a good thing. I mean, he's not a guy who's that arrogant that he's going to come in and, and really try to impose himself on all levels. He'll impose himself on the field in the way that he wants to do things on the field, but maybe he'll defer to buying some certain things. And I'm not necessarily sure that's a bad thing, at least for now. Well, I wasn't saying it's a bad thing. I'm just, I'm just saying it's, to me, the higher-ups still have the final say. I, I still yeah. think they... I still think they choose the team as much as we want to believe the coach is doing it. I, I still feel that. No, I, there's oh, I, I, I actually agree with that. That's the reason why we, a lot of Chivas players are being shoved our, our national team up, you know? 
<laughs> Wait, I don't know. Saying. I don't know. We're just we're, maybe we all watched too many too many X Files episodes uh, twenty years ago or, or whatever. I mean, I, I think that the owners uh, have some sort of you know they probably whisper in people's ears, but I don't know. I don't, I'm not entirely sure that they get to call the shots in that sense. I don't, I don't think they choose a lineup. Maybe they they say, hey, this is the players that we want to see, and so. I mean, he, yeah. you know, it, but yeah, that's a rumor that's been going on since Mejia Baron. Hey, two things. They would say Mejia, they tell Mejia Baron who to call up, that, that it's Televisa calling the shots. But even you know, then, I mean. We got to clear something up, though. Osorio stated very firmly, very, uh, you know, you know, it, that he didn't call up Gio because he hadn't had, hasn't chance to talk to him. Y él no quiso establecer una relación laboral con él without talking to him first. You know what I mean? So he, st he was very clear about that. So I don't know about this, oh, well, he didn't call up Geo conspiracy. He stated it straight up that he's not going to call him to talk hey, to him. Now, question. Hey, here's the thing. As far as, far as you know, uh, the Federation dictating players and stuff, I don't believe in those conspiracy theories for two reasons. For, for reasons, like, when Ojitos Mesa took the team. No, no, when Ojitos Mesa took the team, he called in his boys. He called in uh, Omar Blanco. He called in David Rangel. He called. Uh, uh, C the, C uh, C he, What's his name? No, he called. Remember the other tall player? He 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 used him for uh, the center back for uh, Toluca during you know the heyday back in '98. Um, uh, he's a tall, lanky type of defender. Uh, um, well, he called in. A, long story short, he, he basically brought in his guys. He Victor Victor Ruiz and Chema, Ruiz, you know, all these guys. That, yeah, yeah. So he brought in he brought, he brought he brought in his crew, and you know, most of the coaches do that. So I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. But Ronnie, Ronnie, who was in charge of of the Federación at that point? Uh, at that time, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, the, 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 the La Torre. Was it, and was in Lebrija part of that too? I uh, know Lebrija was coach. He was the first division. He was the president of the first division. Well, I mean, but they're involved. They're up there. What's that? Uh, I mean, because hold on, before before De La Torre, if I'm not mistaken, it was Enrique Borja. And then Enrique Borja, because of the problems that he had with the Tigres, if I'm not mistaken, uh, then it was Alberto De La Torre. He came in, then and then you got what's his name, the new or yep. you had Compian uh, or whatever. Because see, you have you have the, the team owners yeah. that control the national team, right? So you need to have some type of representation, yeah. Because that that gives more value to your players and to your club. So I mean, they're all gonna push to have their guys in but, there. But 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 do you, do you really think do you really think that you know Televisa is gonna basically you know they're just gonna sway their around and say this is who, who's gonna be on the team? I said you know no, what? you got. You got you got other you have other egos there. Dude, well, that's, they're gonna, that's that's one of the I, rumors though that that's why Memo is got called up. Uh-huh. Hey, but uh, even even if they do, doesn't that result more in the like that influences more who coaches? Because basically, whoever brings in the coach, that's the one that controls the coach, right? Well, that's usually the, that's usually the way that that it's that kind of we think it works in Mexico. Or it's, yeah, or it's implied that he's gonna. You know, he's gonna return the favor by calling up, uh, you know, his guys, their guys. Well, 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 he, he, well not, not so much, not so much, because think, think of, think of what he call it, the uh, uh, Vergara. He was, he didn't like the fact that they were calling up his players. Who Vergara? Yeah. yeah well, no, he was in a negation battle, man, and they just injured a guy. 
Yeah, I mean, so you know, I you know, I don't believe in those conspiracy theories. You know, um, I mean, hell, shit, even even what's the day? Uh, back in, in in the in the 1986 World Cup, the best you know, the best center defender for Mexico was uh, Capitan Furia. You know, uh, Fredo yeah. Tena, and he he uh, he got left out because of uh, he got left out because of sponsor uh, issues. I mean, you're talking. You know, he was a he was a um, Televisa, you know, obviously, you know, for American stuff like that. So it's not like he didn't even get to go to the World Cup for that. So I mean, that just shows you how much power or little power, you know, Televisa really has on, on the roster, you know. Yeah, you know, I think this is just you making excuses for Televisa not being the the invisible hand behind every behind the puppets. You, or, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't believe in that, dude. You have so many. You have so many rich. You know, rich, uh, influential men. You know, running the federation, that they're not all going to bow down to Televisa. They're not. They're just not. Well, how do you explain both for starting versus Argentina and you know in the World Cup? Like, there has well, to have been some definite interest that got him on there. Or okay, we talk that... about reinventing the wheel. We talk about coaches reinventing the wheel. That's a great example of a coach trying to reinvent the wheel and failing miserably. No, wait a minute. You mean like Layun on the on the right? I mean, in the Libertadores, man. If anything, the right word. That's that's a coach maybe relying on the player's reputation as a, you know, that certain he expects certain performances out of him, and you know, Bofo was the RG killer. Yeah, no, no, he was, he was, and and the thing is, like after the fact, he explained why he thought it would work, and and it made sense. It made sense in you know, in in some weird abstract way, but. I mean, Volfo was the guy he barely even played during the, during the warm-up games, and you know he just you're gonna start him against Argentina in the round of 16. That's a head scratcher, you know. But hey, I mean, that, that's what we're praising. That's what we're praising Osorio for 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 being uh, tactically flexible. Right, we're, but we're doing this obviously. This is revisionist. We're talking about something that happened five years ago, and you know, with the benefit of hindsight. We're talking uh, about right. things that worked and hey, things that also, didn't. You know, had a clear one versus one. He never got the ball from Chicharito. I don't know if you guys yeah, remember that one. That's true. That's true. I mean, that game went out the window uh, with those with, with that with you know with the goal that that was offsides and and that shortly after that Osorio gifted him a second goal. That game went out the window because if you if you remember that game, Mexico was actually playing pretty well those first 20, 25 minutes, uh, especially Guardado. Guardado, the player that. Didn't really have a lot of room to play under Aguirre, and when he did play, he he, he sort of he upped his game, you know. And there's the, you could say something about that, but at the end of the day, I mean, Osorio is earning a little bit of credit, a little bit sort of a, you know he's kind of inching it, and I think that these two games that he just that we just had, there are some good things that that came out of it, and things that that. Uh, it sort of shows you where he wants to take the team. That that uh that could just keep buying him a little bit more time as he goes along. But we all know that at some point, you know, he's bound to lose a game or or have a bad performance or have an experience that doesn't work. And then and then I feel like then the press can have plenty of plenty of fodder to go after him. Right now, I, I don't. I will. I will. Seems, no, I'm sure you will. I just right now it seems it seems like. Like wait. It's definitely unwarranted, and it's like not deserved because he's been marrying the parameters. He's been winning. 
And if he continues to win, there's no reason to bash him other than hey. because La Puente is pissed off at him. Hey, Christian, question. What's up? Is Osorio in your spank bank? Ah, bueno. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I think that if, if he does well with Mexico, I think he will have a chance to coach Colombia because – um, so we're not. So we're now we're a stepping stone, uh, a launch pad for him to coach his national team. Absolutely. I mean, Jesus, that's, a, that's embarrassing. No, so, it is. That's the that be the, it is. That shouldn't be the, the criteria though where he's going to end up well, next. I, mean, so. I, I feel like that's more of a personal. That's more of a personal aspiration for Osorio, despite the fact that he said that he wants to retire after the age of sixty, which puts him right, right around the twenty eighteen World Cup. A year or two later, he'll probably be, he'll be around 60. I feel like if he does well and the chance comes up to coach Colombia, I think he would take it. I think he would he would want to do a, a full cycle. If um, he keeps it up, he'll be coaching Barcelona and winning six cups, man. He's doing really well. Why not Monterrey? Oh, he's already passed that. He's, Maybe he's, Tigres? Nah, he won't go. He won't degrade it to that. Sorry. That's like a demotion. <laughs> He's already been through the MLS, man. Hey, guys, big picture, though. All he did was he got six points out of six, which is good. And I think that's, bottom line, that's what matters. It definitely matters. When you, keep, when you remember what happened three years ago, it definitely matters. I mean, it's true also hey. that Chippo got 18 out of 18, so we also have to keep that in mind. You know, I mean, at this, at this stage, three years ago, Chepo was also flying. You know so, what I mean? So it's a group of four. It's a group of four, like in the World Cup. And we're going to be happy if Mexico advances out of the four, right? Well, we'll be happy that they go on the to the Hex. We expect that. For the World Cup yeah. or for the Hex? Well, for the, for the for No, for the second round. In, in, the, in, in the World Cup or you're talking about right now? Right now. Well, I think, I, you know... That's the thing. Mexico, even at this stage, is not an indicator of how they're going to do in the future. I mean, you, you guys saw that. Basically, that game in, in Honduras for, under Chepo is what set, uh, you know, got started the snow, the avalanche uh, for Mexico. So I think just honestly, you know, you know, when things started to turn to, you know, to, to, to crapola was after the, the, the Olympics. Yeah, after but why the... is that? Why is that? Is it because Chepo didn't wasn't as wasn't as quick to, to, to sort of make that generational transition in some spots because other spots were, were covered. But but I think, I think that's the thing is like when we talk about Dio Reyes, for example, Dio Reyes had a very, very good Olympic tournament and he wasn't used that much, you know, and and then he was sort of swept aside after that little mistake, that little mistake that he had, that, that when he misjudged the ball and, and, and costly ended up, setting the tone for the Astagaso. Even Miguel Herrera came in, and but also at that point, Diego Reyes wasn't really playing. At, uh, you know, he wasn't getting consistent minutes. But right now he is, and Osorio could have used Jonah, could have used Vasquez, and he went with Reyes. So I feel like that's an interesting thing to look at because he's placing his trust in certain players. And in their well, key positions that have depth already. So that's only going to be beneficial down the road. Reyes has also put up some uh, – he's also put on some muscle. He's not. He's not the lanky guy he was at. You know, at uh, at uh, at America. Yeah, he was very solid. Then he was just focused. Even Hugo Ayala, and I think uh, Masayala Juan Juan will. Uh, you know, I was I was kind of taking a dump on him on Monday, 
but uh, but he, he at least in this game he proved me wrong. Uh, he he did have one chance. The one chance that Mexico had in the first half was like some weird sort of set play where uh, Ayala completely misjudged the header. He was almost in front of the goal, and he had one or two defensive miscues. But overall, he had a very solid game, and uh, the defense as a unit was very very good. So I think that in that sense we can sort of take something out of that because defensively we were a mess during the last World Cup qualifying cycle. And I, and I think it's a, that's a progression that we can point towards. But we can also not, you know, we don't have to give full credit to Osorio because in a way, you know, this is a, sort of a work in progress since, since uh, Pio Herrera took over, despite the fact that his team was a little bit iffier defensively, but, but it was still an improvement from what we had seen with Chepo. I, think it, was, uh, I think it was a pretty good, um, pretty good performance defensively, also, and especially from you're, you're talking about the last World Cup cycle. How about just the last game against the U.S.? Uh, that was an extremely poor team that, uh, and and they allowed two two goals, and, and we had to steal a win at the very end. That's true. It's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. I think that defensively. What what's what can stand out from this game is the fact that uh, Honduras didn't really want to play the ball on the ground either, and they were looking to just catch us, you know, with long balls to the to the back to the center backs, and and that's where we cleaned up very very well. And I think that's a good point because we we have talked about how one of Mexico's deficiencies is obviously defending set plays. I mean, Osorio knows that, and so that's one of the reasons why he put out four center backs despite the fact that Reyes sort of oscillated between the midfield and the defense. And also, keep in mind that Jorge Torres Nilo got injured. So, you know, that was one of the criticisms after the game was that, well, he put out four center backs. He's not looking to attack. I mean, yes and no. Yes and no. Aquino didn't do much offensively, but but he did his role. And, and he also, you know, I'm going to eat a little bit of crow on that because I did, I did take a few hits at him uh, toward, you know, uh, on Monday, but but he did what he had to do. He wore them down when he could. And some guacamole on that, bro, man. Huh? Some cholula, some guacamole. Queso fresco. Sí, dame, dame crema también, si quieres, pero... Oh, my God. Oh, oh. What kind of show is this? Oh, oh. 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 See? See, who, who, who has got a dirty mind? Oh. 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 Hey, I have a question for everybody. Yo no sé, yo no pongo crema en mis tacos. Yo no sé cuál es el problema. Hey, I have a question for everybody here. Uh, so, what do you guys think? Diego Reyes is the next Rafa Marquez? Does he can shift from center back to mid? No, no. No, there's Rafa only, one, there's only one Rafa Marquez. Diego Reyes is going to be Diego Reyes. In Mexico, at this age, even younger already. Yeah, he was a captain. Of, yeah, he was a captain in 2002 as a 22 year old. No, no, Rafa is a once in a generation type of player. I think Diego Reyes is a very, very good player with a very high ceiling, but. I'm, I'm not entirely sure when we're going to see another Rafa Marquez. Keep in mind that Rafa Marquez was a once-in-a-lifetime player for Mexico, but also he's a one-of-a-kind defender uh, even on a global level. Um, he lacked pace, but, but tactically and technically he was, he was one of the best defenders at one point. For a solid three, four years, he was one of the best defenders. I'm not sure if Williams will reach that level. He might, but I'm not sure right now. I remember there was this one was Nike commercial where hey, like preparing, I'll, I'll develop one. Give me like uh, uh, three World Cup cycles. I'll have them ready for you. Ah, I got nice. What happened? Hey, I didn't hear it. 
So you got the the seven year olds, man. You gotta well, you gotta make sure they play for Mexico, man. You gotta see him playing for the U.S. It's all about the payday now, man. Apparently, <laughs> as Gio. Well, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah he should play for Mexico, but he retired, so that's okay. Hey, Ronnie wanted to say something. Sorry, Ronnie. I didn't say anything. I think he burped. I think he's no. eating. No. What are you eating, man? What are you chewing up? Hmm? <laughs> what? Nothing. Well, just to sum it up, I guess, uh, I guess we'll wrap this uh, topic up. You know, Osorio, you know, he he met the parameters. He won both games. He won them convincingly. Uh, he didn't, his defense, uh, defensive setup didn't take any goals. And, you know, he's a winner so far. Can't fight that. What the hell is that? No, that was that was a uh, that was a uh, pern. My impression of pern sucking of pern sucking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Look, I think I think pern uh, Osorio's real test will be when he plays the uh, U.S. I want to see how he's gonna approach those two games. I think that'll be a bigger test. Uh, to really know where he's at uh, tactically, how the team's gonna respond to that type of team. I think his biggest test will be if they play Panama. Did you guys uh, mention uh, Talavera? I know no, he we didn't, didn't really have talk uh, much too much work, but I was um, really impressed with the way he handled the crosses. Um, I know he's he's looked a little bit shaky in some of his other uh, some of his other games, but I, I was actually pleasantly surprised how well uh, how solid he looked when anything got near him. Um, and there was this one uh, I think it, I'm not sure if it was a through ball or or, or a or a turnover, but the, um, he he reacted really quickly and um, went outside the box to to to, to get ahead. But I don't know. I just I just thought he was really solid. What <clears throat> Really solid whenever he was uh, asked to, like it's hard to be that engaged, I guess, because they weren't really doing much. But when he was called upon, he really delivered. I thought that was part of probably part of the game plan. To to I, I don't know how much taller Talavera is, with, you know, compared to Moya. Maybe maybe two inches at most, maybe three inches. I'm not sure, you know, or you know whatever. But like, I'm sure. You know, probably part of the game plan was to employ a taller goal, uh, goalie so he could deal with the crosses better or, or the set pieces. And that kind of goes in line with, with trying to put out their, uh, you know, three three center backs and, and a fourth one that could oscillate between the midfield and the defense. So, I mean, he, he thought this through. I mean, he, he probably went – I mean, no, no, so did he went back and watched the last two to three games he played in Honduras and, and sort of tried to identify whatever the weaknesses were. And, uh, and 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 minimize that, and start that. That was probably the starting point, and then build it up from there. And you know, at the end of the day, I mean, everybody pitched in, everybody did their part. Maybe not so much offensively. I think, if anything, you know, I think Hector Herrera the past three games has not been as sharp offensively, but defensively, he's he's been doing a lot of the dirty work that 
that he's been criticized at Porto for not really doing, sort of tuning out at times and, and not tracking runners or or uh, or maybe not being as efficient when it comes to winning the ball back. I think he's done a lot of the dirty work, and I think he'll remain a starter over maybe someone like Jonah because I think Jonah could could fill that role, but obviously with different qualities. Uh, I think that Herrera will remain in the lineup un until until he doesn't, until he you know does something. You know, if he's injured or or has a bad game, like a, a noticeably bad game, not you know just a couple misplaced misplaced passes here or there. The one thing about Talavera that was. There was a a, cross, a pretty good cross from left to right in the far post where uh, you had to sort of stretch out to grab it. And that sort of was a little scary. He didn't measure his, he didn't measure the ball really well, but if it would have gotten past him, there was a guy waiting just to either chest it in or head it right in. Yeah, he brought it down pretty well. He sort of like put his chest on and then like caught it on a second bounce. Oh, no, that was a different one. Oh. It, was, it, was, it was up high in the air. And it was coming down to the far post on the right side. Uh, but he had to like jump up in the air. It almost got over his head. He oh yeah, I remember that. And stretch out really, really hard to get it, which was a little bit uncomfortable. But, but overall, I think he did. Good. And then I saw a, a tweet or or something about four or five core players that that started and played the, um, the full game for both of these past two games. And uh, Guardado was one of them, I think. Pern's friend, back center back. He was one of them as well. So that's that's going to be his core: Ayala, Moreno, uh, Guardado, Herrera, and Chicharito. Probably that's going to be I the hope, core. I hope what uh, what's it called? Marquez comes back soon because Ayala needs to be benched for us. Yeah, he was. He was. Masajala was all right. I, you know, like I said earlier, he was. He was not. He didn't have a bad game. So, I expect to see more of him. I love that Masajala, though, man. That's awesome. So, who who's outside of the house? I want to know if Ronnie has a has guy in uh, Osorio's book yet. No, I haven't. I haven't actually. Uh, I need to buy it. I'm gonna send it over to my. Uh, to my uh, cousin's house, and uh, uh, he usually, say, you know, I usually buy a bunch of stuff and uh, send it to my cousin's house, and then I just have it everything shipped at once. I thought that was just a blank notebook, a cover over. But, but I don't know. I have. I don't even know what it's about. I just want to read, you know, see what it is, you know. There is something there, man, because you know, so far he's doing really great in the national team coaching job. Uh, did you guys see the, uh, the the thing, the retweet that I put out uh, on what Del Chelli said? No, what do you say? Uh, oh, Juan Manuel Lillo? Lillo. Yeah, yeah. You know who you know who he is, right? I I know. I don't know if the rest of the guys tell him. All right, uh, Juan. He's the youngest uh, coach to youngest. He, well, he was the youngest. Uh, uh, he's a Spaniard. Spaniard. Um, manager. Uh, manager. He youngest to debut in the Spanish league at 29 years old. Uh, obviously, Pep Guardiola um, considers him a mentor. Uh, coached in obviously in, in the co coached in Dorados. Um, Right now in Argentina, they're having a, like an expo of sorts, uh, Conexión Fútbol. 
basically just a lot of you know football people get together and you know uh, exchange ideas and stuff like that. Um, well, Chelis is over there right now in Buenos Aires, and he tweeted that uh, Juanma Leo uh, said to Clarín, you know, which is a newspaper over there, that the Liga Mexicana is the best because they all attack. Found that to be interesting. You know, that is interesting coming from him because uh, he's 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 a. Uh... There was a publication that was coming out, I think, by uh, John Wilson. It was called uh, The Blizzard. It was uh, like a quarterly magazine, and they had a quote in there of him, uh, Leo, speaking that, hey, to be a football player, uh, you have to be well-rounded. You and I'm not speaking, uh, you know, girth-wise. I'm talking, what he meant was uh, you had to be <laughs> able to <laughs> you had to be able to play on both sides of the ball. So you had to be good defensively and good offensively, and... Uh, so that's kind of an interesting comment too, and uh, you know, career-wise, if you look at his results, though, they're like not very impressive. But at one point, uh, Pep Guardiola wanted to bring him in as the as a manager for Barca, and he uh, he was proposing to be the, the you know director deportivo or whatever they call it in Spain, and he was gonna bring in bring uh, Leo in as manager. So he's definitely uh, a mentor. For him, that's the reason he came to. That's the reason Pep came to. Uh, to Mexico. To play for Dos Yeah, to Mexico was to play under him. So he's an interesting guy. I think he's a. He's like a philosopher, soccer philosopher. Yeah, he well. he is. He is. Um. So yeah, I was just you know just interested. I retweeted that, so I'm actually trying to find the article in Gladine. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet though, but. Uh, that's uh, that's what uh, Chelly's tweet, tweeted. Uh, that's what uh, Chelly's tweeted up. Do you agree with his comment about What's the that? league? Do you agree with his comment about the league being one of the best? Uh, it's because it's of the attack. Sub it's subjective, but it's a subjective comment. But there is some. There's a lot of truth to it. Um, obviously, because the, I mean, the team, the the league is very competitive. Obviously. Um, you know, it should tell you something when you have Mexican League, you know, owners going to other countries and buying stadiums and buying teams and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of money in Mexican football, you know. So obviously with that money, they're able to get, you know, coaching. They're able to get, you know, you know, good players and stuff. So well, obviously it's a very competitive league. Joel? Yes? Okay. okay. I just wanted to see if you were you, know, if you were still around or taking a bowel movement. <laughs> no, I'm still here. I'm still here. He's taking it. He's taking it. <laughs> You're going to make Alfred edit that out later. Oh, you said ship. He's taking a ship. Where's he? Where's he taking it to? <laughs> so, so what, uh, what's the next topic for you guys? Uh, are you guys running down, running low on steam? Uh, no, Sodia took out a lot of me. Yeah, we've been talking about Sodia for two hours, and it's already Thursday where I'm at. So I'm gonna go ahead and say up. my goodbyes. Yeah. Any last words? We're ready to 
finish it off. All I know is this topic made me buckle, buckle with a bottle of wine. I don't regret it. I don't regret it. Here uh, I'll make my prediction that uh, Pumas will beat America on Saturday. You think? And then we'll go on to Liga. We'll see. I think so. I think I think America. You know, they're not going to do too good in the Liga, but we'll see. I'm surprised Pern didn't talk about uh, the the round of fisticuffs between Wemis and uh, Marin. Well, we never got off this topic though, but yeah. Uh, Osorio was like the leading topic here, but yeah, basically some little guy, Marin was like, got rustled by Wemes and they started tussling. Did I put the video up? I got it ready. Hey, yo, but Club America, their, play, their players have a history of wrestling each other during practice, don't they? Yeah, you see those videos with, uh, with Cabañas and uh, Germán Villa? Yeah. And they wrestle each other on and off the field. <laughs> Playing grab ass and shit. Yeah, look at that. Isn't that? Look at that. Damn. Yeah, she he should have been called up though, but hey, this just. Somewhere. Put that link somewhere. Anyway. Oh, it's coming out. Oh, okay. Oops. The hell was that? I think it's just because it's Club America, though. But that probably happens a lot more than than we realize. Didn't Nacho say something that he encouraged this type of behavior in the training? Nacho Ambris? He Well, that's... I think that's just uh, damage control. I mean, I, I don't think... I don't, I, don't, I don't see why a coach would want to see that, you know, in soccer. They raise up the intensity, right? Well, I mean... That's, the, that's, that's, that's really how America plays, you know, they play dirty. So. No, no, that's... it's. I can understand why why coaching you know in American football would want to see that, you know, that sort of intensity. But keep in mind that sort of losing your cool in, in soccer is going to basically affect you tactically because obviously if you have a defender that you know loses his cool and is playing with a yellow card, you know, players, offensive players, they're going to try to take the attack to that play, to that player because he's like a wounded gazelle, you know. So yeah, you, you don't you don't want to do that. I mean, I mean, you don't you don't want to lose your cool like that because obviously you can get booked, you can get thrown out. I think I think you know him. You know, uh, Amrisa's comments regarding the altercation was just you know damage control. You know, trying to and, and I don't blame him. You know, he doesn't want to make a, a a mountain out of a molehill. Hey, you think they're gonna get sanctioned, uh, women, and then? Uh, if, considering Pelais, uh, yeah, I think I think that will be handled internally. You know, th those kinds of things they happen. All, all you know, they're not rare. I mean, I guess they're kind of rare, but I think it's just because it's Club America, they gave it a lot of coverage. Yeah, I think it happens yeah. more more than we know, more than way more than is reported. Yeah, I will tell you this: like, if this would have happened uh, with Nestor de la Torre being charged with Club America. There would have been some press conference and the players thrown under the bus. Yeah, thank God they're not in charge. Well, possibly. All right, homies. Done. We'll uh, probably shift to uh, once a week shows next week, unless something comes up. Once the Giga starts. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna have to. Yeah, yeah. Two two shows next week uh, for Ligias, right? Well, are there any are there any games uh, entre semana or like? Well, I mean, they're usually they're usually uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays, and then Saturdays and Sundays. Next game is on uh, Friday the twentieth. Uh, Puebla, Club Querétaro, and then Tijuana versus Atlas. But the most important one is going to be the one Monterrey versus Toluca, which is going to be on Sunday. You know, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a great game. Duenas Mori should score two or, or five goals, something like that. Funes Mori? I think he will. Yeah. Yeah, I won't. All right, guys. It's been real. Get get a show. What I heard, I, I tuned yeah. in earlier. I saw why I'm getting getting ballistic over there. <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good night. And it was worth it. Any words of wisdom, uh, Joel? In in regards to anything. <laughs> Por favor. <laughs> Don't forget no. to wipe, okay, Joel? <laughs> <laughs>